Hello, critics, non-critics, and friends. Welcome to the Film Optics Podcast, where we take a glance into blockbusters, indie films, and everything in between. I'm your host, Christian, and today I'm joined by three guests, three returning guests from the uh, to the podcast. We have Leah Rydell from Geekly Goods and YouTuber Mike Thomas from the Chatter After slash Collider and another YouTuber. We've got three YouTubers here today. We have Elliot with two Ts from Hakuna Machata as well. And today we are concluding our journey across the four nations as we revisit and review and break down Avatar The Last Airbender, book three, Fire. And before we begin today's episode, you can listen to our podcast on podcast platforms around the internet. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. And if you are a new or seasoned listener to the show, we would love to hear from you guys. Follow us on Instagram and follow us on Twitter at FilmOptics, that is optics with an X, or you can email us at FilmOptics at gmail.com for any movie-related questions. Gentlemen, welcome back. Um, how, how's everyone's week been? I feel like we, I know we kind of just had like a pre-chatter discussion, but Elliot, it's so great to have you back on. How's, how's your week been? Yo, um, I mean, it's been great. First thing I want to say is just with Elliot with two T's, the second T isn't where you think it is. Okay. Just, I just need people to know that. <laughs> Straight away. <laughs> uh, just a little sign sign for the people that have watched She-Hulk there. Um, Yo, yeah, no, my week, uh, my week has been good as of recording this. It's been, it's been kind of a, a bit of a transition week for me. Been auditioning for some, for some Christmas shows. I interviewed for a promotion at my job. So be waiting to hear back about that soon. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's a transition week, but it's been fun. It's been fun. That's great, man. Well, you know, we'll be praying for you. Hopefully you get that, you know, that new promotion. That's always an exciting time um, during anyone's career. Um, so Mr. Mr. Wang Fire, a.k.a. Mike, how you doing today, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing really well, man. You know, revisiting Avatar is always fun. Um, this past couple of weeks, though, I did get promoted to senior resource writer at Collider. So that's fun. Just catching up on all of the fantasy we've been getting. I think it's interesting how we started this Avatar series. And now all of a sudden, Lord of the Rings is back. Game of Thrones is back. Uh, Netflix, where you at? Where's my Avatar show? Give me something. Anything. I'm dying here. <laughs> but yeah, I'm doing great. <laughs> that, that's great to hear, man. Um, yeah, it's true. Like this, A lot of fantasy shows are coming out. We're getting Willow as well. It's coming to Disney+. Plus. Uh, any His Dark Material fans out there... Definitely me. That's supposed to hopefully drop this year as well. And we also have the Sandman. I know that's more of like a comic book thing, but like it felt very, you know, high fantasy-esque. Uh, but last but not least, Leo, how you been, man? Been really good. I mean, coming off the high of Cobra Kai, I mean, seriously, what a great season. Season five, again, bringing us back to the valley in the best of ways. Um, got a couple other films coming up, too. I saw uh blonde recently got the chance to see pearl which was great can't wait for the next movie in that trilogy maxine man it's been a good week I, i'm just itching to make more content so i can't wait for next week um but thanks for having me back on man excited to talk some avatar and i'm with you mike like netflix announced to them and they're like okay here's what you can expect and it's like what about avatar We've all been waiting for Avatar. Like Netflix has been teasing, giving us, they, I think they gave us like some behind the scenes, little steals 
We want to see, man. Like, give us some posters. If you can't show any footage, give us some pictures at least. They haven't referenced the show officially on any Netflix social media since December of 2021. That's bizarre. <laughs> like, That's not crazy. a reference that Woo. it exists at all. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm kind of scared, yeah, too. <laughs> I don't want this to be another Cowboy Bebop situation. Where yeah, they're like, pumping out pictures of the Yu Yu Hakusho and all that. It's like, One Piece. One Piece, yeah. They're heavy on that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy time over at Netflix. I forgot they announced that Tadam event. Um, hopefully, it's... Hopefully it's not like last year's. I mean, it it was okay, but like it was just too long. And I spent my entire like afternoon waiting for certain things. I think it was like something for like Stranger Things at the time, because that's what really everyone wanted to watch. It's like eh, everything else depending. But yeah. When does that drop, Leo? Uh, The Tadam event. I think it's next Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. It's either next Saturday or Saturday after. It's like the 23rd or something like that. Yeah. Okay, well, at least we'll be able to watch it, unlike, you know, uh, D23. So. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, that's rough, buddy. <laughs> that's rough, buddy. <laughs> so, as I mentioned before, we're going to be getting into our Avatar The Last Airbender book three fire series revisited. Uh, the way this will go um, around is we'll go into our initial rewatch thoughts, talk about some of our favorite standout episodes, uh, which I've been told by Mike is very impossible, which is. Very true, actually, (laughs) especially for this uh, season. And then we'll go through a few of our favorite bending and non-bending moments and then give our final thoughts and then skedaddle on out of here. So, gentlemen, are you ready to uh, make a trip to the Fire Nation to take down Fire Lord Ozai? Let's do this. Flamio, (laughs) Hotman. Flamio. (laughs) Hotman? Hotman. Hotman. I was like, Aang is so out of, he's so out of touch here. I'm like, bless his heart, because that was a No, it is the kids ever. that are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Aang, Aang is a walking history book, so I <laughs> he's like, actually, this happens? I don't know what's in your little textbooks, but all right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back after this introduction to Avatar, The Last Airbender, book three, Fire. Water. Earth. Fire. Air. Long ago, the four nations lived together in harmony. Then, everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Only the Avatar, master of all four elements, could stop them. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. A hundred years passed and my brother and I discovered the new Avatar, an airbender named Aang. And although his airbending skills are great, he has a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone. But I believe Aang can save the world. All right, that's that, that, that's your one uh, intro per, per week, Leo. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> We held him hostage and forced him to listen to it. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's going to listen to it. I'm going to make sure of it. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> but as we mentioned before, this is we're finally into our breakdown of book three fire. This is the conclusion of this um, of this fina- of this amazing series. Um, It's bittersweet, but, you know, it it's so every time I watch it, it's like it's it just gets better and better and better. And 
on my first or not my first rewatch on this rewatch, I feel like I just blew through these episodes. But as I was a kid, I feel like the episodes just seem to last forever for some reason. But, you know, we're older now. We can we consume a lot of media. So we're going to get into our rewatch thoughts here. We're going to start with Elliot. Then we'll go to Mike, Leo, and then I'll close out myself. So, Elliot, what are your thoughts on your um, on this rewatch of Book Three Fire? Yeah, I, I think I had a very similar uh, journey as you did with watching it. I, I I got through it so quickly, and you know, because I I kind of like spread out my watching of Book Two a little bit um, across an almost two week period, and this I don't think I've watched. A season of Avatar quicker than I did this. I mean, I, you know, as I said when we did book two, book two is my favorite of, of, of all the books across both shows, but I can see why book three just wins out for so many people. Um, I know it does for Leo personally, but yeah, I, there was just so much to enjoy here. I think there's so much. What's nice about this final season is that even though we're ramping up to the end and we're getting so close, it still takes its time to have character moments and character episodes that, you know, just push things forward and make us really care for these characters. And I think, um, I mean, I know we're going to talk about standout episodes, but I think about the beach quite often and how that episode brings us into the world of, of our supposed villains, you know, with Zuko, Azula, Ty Lee and May. And, you know, I mean, I don't think I've ever in the show in any watch ever seen Ty Lee and May as villains. I think they just kind of are just there for the ride, as it were. But, you know, when we get to see their more human side, and I think when we get to see Azula's more human side as well, it's it's those little moments in season three in a show that is ramping up to the end that you're just like, it's just brilliant because it still takes the time to care about its characters. That's a very good, um, that's a very good observation. Cause yeah, like it is true when, when you're watching book three, like, yeah, like you say, we're ramping up to the end, but there are these, they're still going on like these mini adventures within the fire nation. You know, you had the beach episode, you had the, uh, the Ember Island, um, players, the, uh, <laughs> the amazing play that they did, which was, you know, hilarious, but yeah, there, there's so many amazing character moments that still add to this story. So Mike, I'll pass it over to you. What are your initial rewatch thoughts for book three fire? Yeah, so like I said in just about every episode, this series I view pretty much as a perfect series. Um, I do have an issue with book three, though, so I'm going to get that out of the way. Oh, spill the tea. Yeah, so we have the amazing first episode, right? The Awakening, when Aang is finally recovering from what happened in the previous season with Azula. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen like episode zero on YouTube. That kind of breaks down his spirit world journey <laughs> to get to that point. I didn't know that was a thing, like at all. There's an episode zero. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. It's it's great. Okay. It, it was only on like Nickelodeon's <laughs> website. Anyway, oh. it's it's pretty good. So you kind of see Ang's spirit world journey and how he gets back to his body and he wakes up in this moment. Anyway, aside from that, um, that's really great. The thing that kind of bugs me though is. We get really stagnant after episode one, where we're kind of just in the Fire Nation waiting for the eclipse, the day of Black Sun. 
So unlike the other two seasons where there's a sense of progression and we're traveling across the world to get to a destination, a lot of these episodes kind of start to feel like filler a little bit, like the headband, which is a great episode. I still enjoy it, but what is the real purpose of that episode? (laughs) Or you have an episode like The Runaway, again, another fun episode but it kind of feels a little fillery to me. So that's why this season is below book two, because it feels like until we get to that mid-season finale, we're kind of just wasting time until the eclipse. And Saka even says that. We just have to buy our time until the eclipse comes. That said, none of these episodes bore me. None of these episodes are bad. That's a testament to how good the writing is in this show, to where even your quote-unquote filler-like episodes are still really good. That's yeah, actually, I, I would agree when it comes to it, it does feel like, you know, there's two main events that happen in book three. That is the day of Black Sun. And then, you know, when uh, Aang finally faces uh, Fire Lord Ozai, um, it does feel like they're kind of just I mean, like you said, Sokka is, you know, like, hey, like we have to like we have the day of Black Sun. We're supposed to meet all of our friends and our allies at this spot. So it's like, what are we going to do until then? But I, I see what you're saying with that. I do. I don't think, well, I can see how people would think it's filler, but it does give them, I guess, an excuse to kind of add in a few more character moments like we've seen with Sokka's Master. Um, the Runaway, personally, one of my favorites because, I mean, we don't get a lot of tough growth in uh, book three because she's kind of put to the wayside a little bit. But, um, yeah. yeah, The Runaway definitely is, I was like, oh, you know, one of my favorite episodes of, of the of the season. I'm like, finally. It's a great Toph Katara episode. It's just, again, though, I don't know how much value to the overall story it adds, which, again, isn't necessarily a bad thing. But when the first seven episodes of the season kind of feel the same way, that's where it's kind of like, uh, I don't know if I need Nightmares and Daydreams or if I need the Painted Lady, <laughs> even though there's still great character moments in those episodes. <laughs> That's right. She and Doc. <laughs> and Aang was somehow convinced. He's like, oh, he's like She and Doc. Like, yeah, we're two different people. And he's like, oh, he's like, I saw you change your hat. And it's like Aang was so frustrated in that moment. <laughs> but uh, let's take p- me for <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I'll pass it over to Leo for his initial rewatch thoughts. What, what were your uh any uh, juicy thoughts that you had? Any hot takes to follow up uh, Mike's uh, comment there? <laughs> um, I mean, this is my favorite book, so I absolutely loved it on a rewatch. What I do like about the filler, though, and I guess we can we can kind of take that with a grain of salt, because some of the episodes that are filler really do offer deep moments into these characters, whereas I think some of the other filler was a little bit kind of run around in goofiness, but you get filler like the the um, Sokka's, Sokka's Master episode. That was a good one. I like the Puppet Master as well with Hama. Hana. Uh, yeah. She was really good. Um, but I just like how the filler episodes, if you will, get vulnerable. And they at least give us moments in the characters that are building these characters. And we get to really feel for and be with these characters. And I think the reason why it does kind of feel like it comes to a bit of a screeching halt is because you do have the day of the black sun coming later in the season. So it kind of, and and that, and unfortunately they kind of 
in a sense, wrote them wrote themselves into a hole a little because it was like, okay, we've got this huge event to go to build towards. What are we going to do until we get that? And I think the episodes we do get until the day of the Black Sun are good episodes. They For do sure. feel a little filler because they're not. We're not necessarily fighting the Fire Nation, but I just think where the gang's journey is right now, it kind of is a nice breather to kind of step back a little and just mm-hmm. allow the them to be the kids a bit. Yeah. What's that? Calm before no, I just the said storm. like the calm before the storm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I think that that was a nice setup because the last four episodes of the series are very like, okay, the urgency is there. We're here. Ozai's in like that urgency is so huge and so massive in those last four that couple lighthearted episodes to build up to that i really enjoy because it is the calm before the storm it's a little bit you know it's a little bit of a teaser a little bit of an appetizer before that main course so i do like this season a lot it is still my favorite season on a rewatch because that grand finale is just absolutely phenomenal and the greatest episodes in this season are some of my favorite in the series so i love this season on a rewatch didn't change my mind Absolutely still love it. Still number one. Look, book two is good, but <laughs> something about book three just etches it a little bit for me. Hey, fair enough, man. Yeah, you know, it's that that is that is all completely valid. You know, we all have different opinions. Some of them might be wrong, but I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. In the words of Katara. Uh, if that's what you like, that's fine. <laughs> if that's what you <laughs> Katara was a little salty this season. I was like... I love sassy Katara. She's my favorite in this book. <laughs> Her and Toph was getting at each other in that runaway episode. It's Woo! so fun. I love I love their dynamic between Toph and Katara. Because, I mean, they, they are, you know, two... Like, there are other women in the show. But it's like, obviously, they are part of the core group. But they could not be more oil and water. It's just a complete, they're complete personifications of their element. I mean, Katara, warm, oh, yeah. nurturing like water versus tough, hard, stubborn like earth. And yes, those two elements do clash. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's a good character dynamic. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Uh, was there any other uh, rewatch thoughts anyone had before we move over to our standout episodes? Let's dive in. Let's dive in. Story rise, it really comes back around from the first season. Like it really connects a lot of dots. Oh yeah, absolutely. And of course, you know, even with like Ozai, I mean, not Ozai. I'm sorry, Iro. Um, you know, with with the passing of Mako, um, he doesn't have well the new voice actor doesn't have a lot of speaking, um, lines until like the very end. But I still thought that was a really nice moment. But yeah, uh, before I digress and get off topic here and, you know, talk about Cobra Kai for another 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> Quiet. That was a great conversation, though. Hey, I, I've no, no regrets whatsoever. Uh, let's get into our standout episodes of book three. So um, for those who are new here listening for standout episodes, they don't necessarily have to be your favorite. Just. Episodes that, you know, you you really just get into, the ones that you really get lost in. It's like, man, that was just like a really great episode. I love that episode. So we'll start with Leo, then we'll go to Elliot, and then we'll go to Mike, and then I will close out. Okay, so I want to be that guy and take a every episode. Because I'm like, <laughs> there's a lot of episodes in this season that I'm just like, like zoned out, tuned into. But like, okay, so let's start with the beach. I'll do two. I'll do the beach. And then I'll do um, the Firebending Masters. 
and the beach because it gives us the perspective of the villains of the series, which is along the lines of what Elliot was saying earlier. You get to actually see bits and pieces of why Azula and Zuko are the way they are. And not even in the sense of, you know, where the book two episode where we're with Zuko alone, not that one. It, we, we get a little bit more perspective on Azula and Zuko as siblings and how how they feel about themselves and how the public perceives them as well a little bit. I, I just really like this episode because it just gives us a day with the villains, honestly. And we just get to see things through their eyes and once we get to this, the part where the, the characters are by the campfire and they're really telling their most vulnerable selves, you get to really see Zuko's struggle come to a head because clearly, even though he has everything he wants, it's still not exactly what he wanted. Everything does not fit into the mold that he thought it would when he got back to the Fire Nation. So it was just like a nice episode not only to get that perspective, but to also see that even though Zuko got exactly what he wanted, it was not what he needed. So I love that episode for that reason. And then uh, the firebending masters. I mean, I just love them learning about the true meaning of firebending because I think throughout the show, there were these bits and hints that Iroh was bringing up a lot and other firebenders like Zhang Zhang would embody a lot that fire is not breeded by anger always and it doesn't always have to be breeded by hatred and by rage and that fire is actually life and it's actually beauty and even though it is very destructive it's still life and I like that they came to a conclusion that fire bending and fire in itself has a more beautiful source than what we've been seeing all series because all series all we've seen up until this point Fire B is rage, destruction, anger, and this was finally an episode that set us on a different path, and the characters on a different path with fire, of knowing that, no, it's actually life, it's actually grace, it's actually not as destructive as it could be. Love that episode, man, and not to mention the shot of the dragons just surrounding Aang and Zuko with the colorful flame. It's just such a beautiful shot and such a grand like message to the characters and to the mythos of firebending. I absolutely love it, man. Like that, those two episodes are so good. And to finally see the dragons, because they have been built up for so long at that point through the series. Like, we're like, okay, we've seen the flashbacks. We saw the episode where Azula was a blue dragon, Iroh was a red dragon talking to Zuko. We've seen all these examples of dragons, but when are we actually going to get to see them? And when we actually do, it's so graceful because it's not this like ferocious display of any kind like the dragons don't attack them or they're not having to battle the dragons like no it's just these dragons dance with them and then breathe fire teach them the real meaning of firebending and go back to their their caves that was such a graceful unassuming at least for the first watch unassuming way for things to be executed with those dragons so love that episode always love it i think it's I can't even say I think it's my favorite episode of the series, one of them at least. Yeah, I wonder why they actually saw like visions in those flames because I've always been very curious because Zuko's looking up and he's like, I understand. It's like, oh, so are the flames like speaking to you as well? Because that's, I thought that was very interesting as as, as well. Yeah. I, thought that was- I always kind of interpreted it as that, like the fire was speaking to them, not necessarily that they saw like an image or anything, but that it was just the 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 combination of the many different colors of fire were essentially speaking different things to them it can be a spiritual experience too though right like think about 
Moses in the burning bush. Like it can be something like that as well. That is yeah. very true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Elliot, what are a few of your uh, standout episodes from book three? Yeah. So I think on, on this particular rewatch, and I remember messaging you guys, I got quite focused on Katara and Katara's episodes because I think that was I, I, that same thing happened when I rewatched book two. And so I think the hangover from that brought me in. So my, my standouts on this rewatch were The Puppet Master and Southern Raiders. Uh, I just, I, I love, and it, it, again, it kind of echoes what I was saying in our book two revisit and and why the desert is my favorite episode because we get to see the darker sides of our of our of our characters and i just absolutely love the moment in puppet master when um katara is you know brought down to her knees by Hama, and then she takes in that breath with the full moon and is like you know you're not the only one whose bending gets stronger in the full moon your 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 blood bending will not work on me and just from there on in man katara just slays that fight i absolutely it's just and it's just i think what's also fun about it is it's our it's not our first water versus water fight obviously we have katara and paku in book one but you know this i think this this one here there's there's an extra element of danger to it because you know harma has kidnapped all these villagers she's controlling ang and sucker um she tried to take control of katara we learned her history of of bending the blood on rats and on and on prison guards and yeah so there's there's just that extra element of danger which brings such a great um intensity to that fight and, and i absolutely love it and the fact that they're both ripping water out of trees and flowers and and it's so good it's just yeah it's just a great fun episode and then in southern raiders as well just to see Katara going full Avatar Kiyoshi is just a hell of a lot of fun. Um, and that moment when she pins down um, the old Southern Raider captain, I forget his name off the top of my head, yeah. but it's its just, I'm sure Mike will know the, the encyclopedia he is. Um, <laughs> it's just... It's just a great moment and it's a lot of fun. And the fact that, go on, he go on, he's about to pop up, go on. No, he's not. He's on mute, probably. <laughs> um, I honestly don't have it. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I think it begins with an R. I think he's like, I was going to say Ren Shah, but that's the dragons, aren't they? Ren and Shah. Um, yeah. Anyway, anyway, I digress. Um, yeah, I, I, it's just great to see those darker moments with Katara and, and to see that, you know, to s- really see how far her waterbending has come throughout all three of these books. I mean, you know, we know it definitely by book two after she's been in the Northern Water Tribe, but here and this display and the taking on of the bloodbending is, yeah, it's just crazy. And, you know, and then it kind of all um, comes to the conclusion in in the final episode when she's able to defeat a crazy Azula with Sozan's Comet in the sky. You know, it's it, it speaks volumes. So, yeah, the standout episodes were Puppet Master and Southern Raiders. The name is Yanra, by the way. Oh. I, I, I there we yeah. go. <laughs> Yanra. Thank you, Michael. You, man, him and his mother. I, I felt so bad for him. He's like, ugh. <laughs> so good. I, hang out with this old hag all day. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Perhaps you'd like gonna, something else from the garden, take mother. my mother. That would be fair. <laughs> Trades his mother off. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, let's pass it over to Mike. What are a few of your standout episodes for book three? I think it's interesting because much like Elliot, I was kind of focused on Sokka this season. I think this is a very underrated Sokka season. Uh, as I know, at the top of the conversation, I kind of went in on the first half of this season. But like Sokka's Master is such a great episode. And like Leo was saying about how everything in this season kind of builds on what came before I just love the subtlety, right? Like in The Chase, in book two, Toph says it's three on three, excluding Sokka from that fight. And it's like, it's those little moments where Sokka, you can understand why he feels useless or worthless in this team. Because they point it out, they make fun of him the entire time he's been the butt of a joke. Even though he's been the one, like the big brother taking care of him the entire time. And I just love how it all kind of comes to a head here where he gets a master. He's He takes skills he already knows. And I think that's the best part, right? He's had the club. So sword fighting probably isn't that hard of a skill for him to pick up right away. But I love how uh, Master P and Dao is able to instill those lessons and leadership, just kind of breeding it out of Sokka. And then you see that in the Day of Black Sun. But another standout episode for me, I love how none of us took the finale or the Day of Black Sun yet. <laughs> another standout for me is The Boiling Rock, right? Which sees him again take charge with Zuko going to this impenetrable prison. And he just has no quit. He has no fight. Even, even though he has no bending, he is still the always the smartest person in the room. <laughs> and I just love that development for Sokka, because it's always been there. We've seen it since the first season. But I just love that character development of his and how you really see it shine in this season. Even to the finale, they take down all those freaking airships because of Sokka. It's so great. I love Sokka this season. He's the standout character for me, uh, one of many (laughs) in this book. But I just love how, even though... In the grand scheme of things, he's not one of Aang's masters. He's not the strongest character. They still found a way to give him moments to shine. So the Boiling Rock and Sokka's Master are my standout episodes. For this okay, re-watch. nice, nice. Um, as for me, um, I kind of gave my initial rewatch like in between everyone. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll just let that be. Um, but for my standout episodes, one of them is the, uh, the Avatar and the Fire Lord, uh, where we you know find out uh, about... Uh, Zuko's lineage on both sides and what actually started this whole war. And we get to see, you know, a young Avatar Roku going through his days as the Avatar. And just, it's, I always just enjoy flashback episodes. I don't know why, but it, it was just a really nice way to be like, hey, you know, we've been talking about this war for three seasons now. What started all of this? Was it just the Fire Nation one day was like, hey, we can share our glory, quote unquote, with the rest of the world, where all the world, um, you know, all the lands are Fire Nation, and it, it was a very bittersweet episode because you know you finally, Ang finally understands how the war started and how he, it actually needs to end. Um, aside from what we saw right before the finale with the uh, members of the White Lotus, when. Um, when Iroh was saying, oh, well, no, Zuko was telling Iroh, oh, you know, like, you can just go face, you know, your brother alone. And it's like, well, I could. He's like, I might be able to beat him. But history is just going to see that as a brother killing another brother for power. It needs to be the Avatar 
who puts a end to this war. And so the Avatar and the Fire Lord, that's definitely one of my standout episodes. I've always loved Roku um, as an Avatar. Um, I would like to get more into like his story. I'm sure there's a few comics out there that um, <laughs> that Mike knows about. But um, that episode and, man, I was, I'll probably just say The Runaway just because that is more development for Toph. Um, we don't get a lot of development for Toph um, in season three. She is kind of just, okay, now she's like one with the gang. You know, she has her smart little remarks. But um, outside of all the, you know, the goofy uh, con stuff that they're doing that episode, which, man, these kids are just going crazy. I'm like, I want to know what's in their bank account because it's like. How does this woman become a cop? That's what I want to know. Oh yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. For um, my gosh, like I, I always totally forgot about uh, the Legend of Korra, and it's like, yeah, it, it's crazy how all that stuff just happens. But um, it really just, it kind of just goes back to what we talked about Katara and Toph. You know, them being two sides of the same coin, almost like oil and water, and just you know, Katara can act very motherly towards people, very overprotective, but that's just who she is because of what happened to her mother. She had to be that, uh, that figure like, well, someone has to fill this role, you know, like dad's all fighting. It's just me and Sokka. We have to take care of each other. And, you know, you start to see with Toph, you know, just a little bit of like pushback. And it's like, she's like, Hey, you know, like I, I don't like when Katara nags me all the time, but I do appreciate that she has these motherly, you know, qualities because as she said in the runaway episode that sometimes she's better than her own mom. Like she acts more like a mom than Toph's own mother. Um, and then, of course, we get the, <laughs> the hilarious scene between Hockey, who finally comes into the episode because, you know, they're making bank and Saga's like, I'm going to go buy a hawk. <laughs> and um, it's it's hilarious when, you know, they're trying to do the back and forth where Toph and Katara are fighting. And it's like, oh, we'll write a note and say it's from Toph and give it to Katara. And I was like. That is literally the worst idea I've ever heard in my entire life, but it works because it's so, it still makes you chuckle, even though, you know, it's not going to work. Um, but then towards the end of the episode, of course, um, Top wants to send a message to her parents, which her parents kind of just fall off as well. Um, but yeah, those are just two episodes. And then an honorable mention would be the um, really quick, the, the episode, I forgot the name of it. When Zuko, you know, he's gone through his metamorphosis and he wants to teach Aang firebending. And Toph, again, seems to be the only sensible person in the group saying, um, Aang needs a firebending teacher. And one comes, you know, knocking on the doorstep with a silver platter and you guys kind of turn him away. And for good reason, you know, he's been hunting them for a while. But um, I forgot the name of that episode. I do apologize. The Western Air Temple. Yes, with uh, Sparky Sparky Boom Man, a.k.a. Combustion Man. <laughs> uh, well, but, that's yeah. not his name. Oh, well, yeah. well, what was his actual name? Combustion we never, we never Man. Find out. Well, no, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, said Sparky Sparky. Zico's like, yeah. <laughs> Suko being like that's not his name I love how the fandom ignored Combustion Man and we just oh, still yeah. to this day call him Sparky Sparky Boom because it's so <laughs> funny I mean like I knew his name was Combustion Man but I was like Sparky Sparky Boom Man is way more fun to say <laughs> so I, I, you know I'm glad you mentioned this episode though because I think it's interesting how 
Toph knows of Zuko, but she's never really interacted with Zuko mm-hmm. until that moment. But everything she knows of Zuko comes from Iroh. Yeah. When you really think about mm-hmm. it. So that's probably yeah. why she's really willing to give him a chance because she trusts Iroh. And so she probably is, it's probably easier to accept the good in Zuko, even though she's known of the problems he's given Team Avatar. Mm. I just think that's a really subtle Iroh moment that we don't really pick up on. Yeah. 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 That is true. I'm because she even mentions to Zuko that, you know, I've, you know, I've had a long talk with your uncle and he kind of talks about you the entire time. She said, yeah, it was annoying, but it was also very sweet. And then, you know, Toph also tries to go on her her life-changing adventure <laughs> episode with, <laughs> with Zuko, and it doesn't really pan out. And then by the time that I was five, <laughs> it's so good. It's just like, yeah, cool, you had a rough childhood. Great, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's like, listen, I know you have problems, but, like, so does everybody else. I'm like, wow, you're going to yeah. do Toph like that? Like, okay, I see how it is. Well, he was like, yeah. I mean, he's like, oh, that's rough, buddy, pretty much. (laughs) But um, let's move on here to our favorite bending and non-bending moments. I know this is going to be very difficult. I do have a few in mind, but people will probably pick up the mind because I'll go last, of course. Um, We'll head over. We'll start with Mike, and then we'll go to Leo, and then Elliot, and then I will close out. So, uh, Mike, give us some of your favorite bending and non-bending moments from book three. That is not an easy task. Well, it better be. I think I've narrowed it down a little bit. (laughs) Um, One of my favorite, like, this is is an interesting moment. One of my favorite non-bending moments comes from Azula, where she's Mm. just playing keep away during the day of Black Sun, distracting Team Avatar until time runs out. And I just think that's so fascinating that you can see she picked up Ty Lee's moves. She's moving like Ty Lee that entire time. And then she starts throwing daggers like May. So it's like she was studying alongside her friends or even studying her friends' moves on the side, which is sweet and scary because you realize she probably did that just in case she needs to take them out one day. (laughs) So I I think that was a really cool non-bending moment coming from Azula of all characters, which is pretty cool. Uh, As far as my favorite bending moment, I'm going to be that guy and I'm just going to take it since you let me go first. It's the last Agni Kai. I knew he was going to say it. <laughs> I knew he was going to say it. You let me go it. first. I had to take it. That, that is true. Hey, I'm, I'm just trying to be a nice host and let people talk first before I, before I get my skills. But yeah, that's definitely one of mine for sure. Like that, that Agni Kai just, it's beautiful. Every time I watch it, it's mind blowing. It's probably one of the best animated fight scenes of all time. The score is amazing. The The meaning behind that fight too, right? Like, it's interesting how Iroh <laughs> stresses that it he, it can't be brother versus brother for the throne, but we're literally fighting for the throne between <laughs> Zuko and Azula. Small oversight. But, this is know. Agni Kai that never was. Nobody knows about this fight. <laughs> yeah, you know why? Because um, if anybody knew the truth, Katara would be Fire Lord. And do we really want Fire Lord Katara? I mean, I do. But she won that Agni Kai. Steam I'm just bending. <laughs> no, but that, that was that's a great moment from top to bottom. Zuko sacrificing himself for Katara. Katara defeating Azula during Sozin's Comet, right? Like, the height of her power. We know she, she's gone off the deep end a little bit, but like the height of Azula's power level. And Katara just outsmarts her. 
So great. Oh yeah. Easy call. And she's she's off her rocker. Like even Zuko says, like something's off with Zula. He's like, I can take her. And then it's it is something where clearly they see we don't really know if her mother's there or not because to this day I have not had confirmation when Zula, uh, when Zula's talking to her mother through the mirror. I'm just assuming it was something in her head, but it was so kind of creepy. I'm like, yo, what if this woman's like actually behind her? Uh, <laughs> like she just popped. Someone's got to read the search. <laughs> Oh, yes, I still I still don't know what happened to Zuko's mom. I, I do I do digress. Uh, Mike, was there anything else you wanted to mention uh, before we head over to Leo? I, I just love how Zuko's like, never trust a girl who cuts her own bangs, Katara. That's how you know she's off a rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Let, let this be a lesson to you, Katara. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead, Leo. <laughs> oh, it's my turn? Okay, uh, so favorite bending moment. Um when at, when Aang goes Avatar State and speaks in that voice directly at Ozai and his hair is wisping back and he's scared as hell, I absolutely love that moment because finally Ozai can have the fear that he put into the world put back onto himself and he gets exactly what comes to him, gets his bending taken from him. And what is he? Nothing else. He's nothing but a shallow man. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Love it. Now, non-bending moment, I actually really like the Boiling Rock episodes, which don't encompass much bending. So I love that Zuko and Sokka get this moment to really shine and go on a mission together, something that we don't really see between the two of them the whole series. So I like that the last book, Zuko gets to connect with all of the characters really one-on-one, except for, like, Toph is the, like, one begrudgingly, like, oh, well, <laughs> we, we still got a duty to do. But I think it was something that was needed for both Katara and Sokka to gain trust in Zuko. I mean, because let's be real, he attacked their village. He attacked Suki's village. So these were really good moments for Zuko's character to come back around and to fulfill the destiny to help Team Avatar that he always you know, was destined to do. So I love those, I love those moments a lot. Um, of course, I already talked a, in, in a lot about the firebending masters. Love that sequence a lot. Um, but my favorite has got to be that. Come on, man. When Aang opens up that, that avatar state and Ozai's looking it's in done. fear, like, uh, oh, I done pressed the wrong button. Literally. Cause if he did not hit Aang <laughs> against that rock, <laughs> Might we might be having a different conversation right now, but man, just went too far, yeah. <laughs> waking the wrong avatar, and uh, yeah, after that it was so easy. And you know what I really love is that I like, <laughs> and here we go. I do like that the Legend of Korra flipped those two when it was her versus um, remind me the villain's name in the third season. Um, was that the, the, Zaheer. the, the Zaheer. Zaheer. Yeah, it's her versus Zaheer. Zaheer is the villain, but he's kind of more fighting. He's fighting in Aang style as opposed to Korra, who's fighting more Ozai style, more wild, more brash. It's cool to see it flipped like that and see the char- the main character being more of the attacker, the aggressor. So it, it's just a cool, like a great, honestly, that was like such a great Avatar moment for Aang to just wake up, wake up the Avatar state and scare Ozai mm-hmm. like that. Take his abilities and then take the take the W. Take the dub. I love how you can tell the moment when the controller was passed to Kiyoshi. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like you just like, yeah, that is that is definitely Kiyoshi right now. Is yeah. good. Yeah. Another <laughs> good non-bending moment I actually really like. Thanks for bringing that up, Mike. Is when Aang does talk to the avatars, and he mm. he chose his own conviction over all of them because all they could offer him in terms of advice was kill that man. <laughs> Basically, we didn't kill our some of us didn't kill our antagonist. Kiyoshi came forward and said, I don't really see a difference between him standing there, me killing him. I killed him. I love that Aang stood on his morals instead of just rolling with what they said because, I mean, hmm. could have completely changed his character, but his morality is so strong as a person that he stood on that ground. I love that. Yeah, that, that is a very good um, observation there because I remember watching it for the first time on Nickelodeon, you know, it, when it was airing, like when during the finale, and I was like, well, how is Aang going to defeat the Fire Lord? Like, if he can't kill him, like, what other way is there? And then when he takes his bending away, I was like, my mind was blown. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, that is perfect. Like, he he passively defeats the Fire Lord. I mean, he does wear him down, for sure. But he does passively defeat the Fire Lord. And it's like, that's so that was so crazy to me. Like, when it first aired, I was like, wow, that was so good. And let's be real, you can't be having the hero with a kid's story just killing the villain. Like, I, I just think that's a little, little bit much, you know? Mortal Kombat style, he just... <laughs> Fatality. Fatality. He just gets... Even, y'all remember the last, the, right before he takes his bending, he just uses the two earth... He uses the earth bending and traps his hands. He just yeah. crushes him with, like, an earth fist. It was great. That's a question I want to I want to raise to the panel here. What are your thoughts on the lion turtle? Like it's kind of hinted at mm. a little bit in book two, a little bit in book three, but I don't think it's enough to make that much of an impact on a casual yeah. viewer. Did that feel like it came out of nowhere, or are you guys like cool with the idea of lion turtles? I think it is a little Deus Ex Machina, definitely, but I think that it, it maybe where it stops being a little bit is that we get the build-up of Aang wanting to find a different way of defeating the Fire Lord. So we know that he is searching for that so that when the Lion Turtle comes along, it kind of, you know, it's not as Deus Ex Machina as like, you know, as 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 other Deus Ex Machinas have been in film and TV. But I quite like it. I quite like that there's the idea of this this being out there that, you know, it's it's so unperturbed with what's going on in the world that it only turns up exactly when it needs to with with a power that nobody knows about. And the fact that then Legend of Korra delves into Lion Turtles deeper is, yeah, it's a nice little yeah. opening door. Yeah. Well, actually, I, I want to pass it over to you, uh, Alea. What are some of your favorite bending and non-bending moments of book three? Mm. So I, I mean, I'm I am going to be that guy and say that my my favorite bending moment is is Ang uh, energy bending the Fire Lord and taking away taking away his bending. Um, and I think it kind of goes to what Leo and, and yourself were saying, Christian. Just that, how is he going to defeat the Fire Lord? Like, what what is going to happen? He's blown up at his at his friends for you know for them kind of goading him into saying you've got to kill him. Like you've got to kill him. You have to do it. You're the Avatar. That's your job. That's what we've been training to do. And he's like, as you say, like it just goes against everything that he is um, and everything that he has learned and grown to be. And and the fact that 
you know, we are surprised by it. The fact that, you know, we, he kind of does this whole move and we see these lights coming up and the lion turtle gives us, you know, before the elements, we bended the energy within beings. And it's just like, okay, what does that mean? And then Fire Lord Ozai's like, what have you done to me? I took your bending away. I'm sorry, you did what? You did what? Like, it's like, it's it's just, and then when like Suki, Saka and, and Toph arrive and, and they're just like, wow, you, you can do that? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And he just, the way, the way he just casually goes, yeah, a lion turtle taught me. <laughs> and it's like, well, okay, we're back to, we're back to Ang. Ang is definitely back in the room. Um, yeah, so that's my favorite. That's, I think, ultimately my favorite bending moment in this season. Uh, I actually also really just love, um, Iroh breathing in the energy from the comet and then smashing the walls down of Barsing Say with one giant fireball. I think is just, I mean, you know, I, and I think I'm right. I think I'm right in saying that the first person we see bend comet fire energy. Oh, it's probably it's probably Ozai and the and the and the other firebenders. Yeah, but man, he was like, it's probably that. But I do. But I love. I just like the fact that we am like Iroh begin to charge his power, then it zooms out and this giant fireball. Oh, it's just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Um, and then in terms of non-bending, I did have some. Oh, I love. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in, um, uh, the Boiling Rock part two. Um, May, uh, attacking the, the, the prison guards, um, to save Zuko and, and the lot. I think that's, it's just a brilliant moment. And then followed up by Ty Lee, um, chi blocking azula i just yeah i think it's just and you know it kind of goes back to what i said at the top of this this episode of saying that i never really saw ty lee and may as as villains and i think this just kind of um brings that to a perfect head of them just going look we we followed you through thick and thin but we've got our limits and this this is this is this is our you know for may that was her uh that was her limit and then for ty lee it was it was her friends fighting and and i i think I think Ty Lee betraying Azula is is almost a bigger betrayal because they're certainly closer. Whereas May was always happy to be in opposition with Azula at times. So, yeah, um, I think that I think that's definitely my favourite non-bending. I actually do also like um, Sokka using the boomerang and and his space sword to save him and Toph. And then his goodbye space sword. I just love. It's yeah. such a sad moment. <laughs> Such a sad moment because it's a great sword and he just, that's it. Space sword is gone. That was a good sword. I was like, man, like no, mm. no one else had that sword on the entire planet, nope. but him as much as we know of. But yeah, it's, it's so crazy. Um, as far as my favorite bending and non-bending moments, I mean, uh, Mike kind of already took one of mine, which is fine. The, uh, the, the final Agni Kai, like I said, that was just beautiful like i, I can I'm watch sorry. that over and over and it's like these are firebenders you know the height of their power and then also i remember distinct distinctively when ozai is kind of on one of the zeppelins and he's just like burning down like this like force in his path like i remember seeing that for the first time and my mouth just like dropped i was like oh my god like so much fire is coming out of this man's hand and it's like that's just it's like the pinnacle of what they're actually capable of. And, you know, he's just sitting there in the Zeppelin, his hands are out and it's just like this, this like wave, like this burst of fire, just like mowing down, like, you know, this, this giant forest area. And it's like, I mean, like, is he destroying towns or something? Like it seemed like it was just random, 
Well, he, now he's the Phoenix King, so <laughs> not so he kept calling himself. It's distinctly some generic desert. You notice that that's where they start out. They don't start out in Bossing Say or right. Omashu or anything. Can't, you can't do that, though. It's a kid yeah, show. It's a kid show, right. right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's 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 like the Dragon Ball Z effects. Like, oh, let's fight somewhere empty. And it's like, they're always just in this super random, just like generic wasteland of a place where there's no people around ever. And I'm like, where on earth literally are you? Are you just like fighting in like i don't know the the grand canyon or something is that's what it seems like <laughs> i'd be really interested to know if that area of land this is just kind of co- co- coming to my head if that area of land that they start on is what ends up being republic city i'd really love that in a way. that off that scorched earth they rebuild a unified nation mm. city would be really interesting yeah i can't remember i'm pretty sure it's mentioned in the comics but i think michael's about to tell me tell me otherwise but yeah yeah i mean i love that idea that's better than what they actually did (laughs) (laughs) republic city ends up ends up being like one of the fire nation colonies so it's like right around bossing say Mm -hmm. in the earth kingdom but yeah that's a way cooler idea oh absolutely um i'm trying to think of well uh, there's just so many amazing bending moments another one is the um the night the 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 nightmares and daydreams episode where Momo's like facing up against Appa <laughs> for non bending. Standing Appa is in my nightmares. <laughs> He's like, guys, you got to do something about what that and like they're just dressed in like this samurai like attire. It was hilarious. But I just love the Appa voice. I love it that. Was, oh voice. yeah, like, you've got to relax. <laughs> <laughs> you've got to I love how Momo is dressed like Isaki Ujimbo. Exactly. That has to be a reference, right? <laughs> Probably is. I just thought it was a fun little moment. Um, and for, no, for for probably my favorite non-bending moment is when Zuko finally reunites with Iroh. And, you know, he Zuko has said, pre, like, has pretty much spat in his uncle's face. And, you know, he goes to visit him when uh, he he was in prison. So wish we would have saw that prison breakout because that must have been some crazy prison breakout for Iroh. But when, you know, when Zuko finally approaches his uncle and his uncle's back is turned and, you know, Zuko starts talking and then Iroh just like grabs him and just like hugs him. And he's like, oh, he's like, I thought you were angry with me. He's like, I was never angry with you. He's like, I thought that you had lost your way. And it's like... The, the fact that their love is so deep and that it, I mean, it did hurt Iroh, obviously for what his, um for what Zuko had said, but it was more about, you know, he's back to where he started. And I don't know if there's going to be a point of return for him to, you know, find the light again. I thought that was just very, very moving, very, very beautiful. Um, I always get like crazy goosebumps during that, that um during that scene. Cause it, it is a nice reunion. Because it's like, oh, man, you know, like, what's going to happen? And then it's, you know, Iroh just forgiving, like, um, Zuko all over again. And it's like, I mean, that that really is the father figure um, in his life. And then, of course, um, one more non-bending moment. It would definitely have to be the entire uh, Sokka episode where, you know, he he finds a master. It, it was just a nice... A nice breather away from everything, and you know, Toph constantly makes fun of Sokka not being a, a, a you know a a bender of the elements, 
as well. But it's it's just a great character development for Sokka. It's like, hey, here's one more, you know, Sokka focused episode to make him feel like he actually is contributing to the group because a lot of the situations that they're in is I mean Sokka has a great war mind. Like he he really does ha- has that um that tactile uh war mind much like his father as well. So I thought that was I thought it was very nice. So I mean there's so many non-bending and bending moments within this, but it's and also one more thing when uh Katara um <laughs> she, I, I'm not sure if anyone what she starts to, when they're in the um the wooden the the wooden cell and she starts like sweating and she's like yeah I'm just gonna use like my armpit sweat and just like start chopping away at this one I thought that was funny <laughs> Tops like you're a genius a sweaty bendy genius I was like yes <laughs> for sure but yeah those are just a few of my uh, favorite bending and not bending moments throughout episode not episode three but season three there's just so many because we we do get a lot of great character moments everything with their black sun where <laughs> one of the fire one of the fire nation soldiers like oh no, it's over and he does like this super weird like hand thing and he's like ah! and it's like does that count as a bending or non-bending <laughs> moment <laughs> i don't know like i guess it, it was he was like okay we surrender <laughs> i mean technically non-bending surely <laughs> That is a very good question. Oh, like, it's like it's a firebender, but it's during an eclipse. But he can't firebend. You know, I love this season so much. Uh, I like this is the best season to me as far as the supporting or side characters go. Because yeah. like, I just love Chan and Ranjan in the beach. They're oh great. My God, I yeah. love that <laughs> random firebender who couldn't firebend in the day of Black Sun. I love the cast of Ember Island players. Yep, like Toph is amazing. <laughs> Got a pretty good look at you with my sonic scream. When it's, it's like tough, because it sounds like tough. <laughs> that was my favorite. Because it sounds like tough. And he's like giant. He's just massive. The fact that they used a scream instead of like yeah. her feet. <laughs> and tough loved the every detail that that was written by the cabbage merchant and the pirates. It makes it so funny. Yeah, yeah. and tough loved yeah. every like, second yeah. of it. Like she was like, "Oh my god, I sound amazing!" <laughs> and they wanted to pedal that old nasty old Zutara. I'm gonna need them to stop yeah. that. <laughs> Katang wins out, Leo. Don't worry, Katang wins out. We're good. Oh, We're good. Always. <laughs> <laughs> I also like those side characters, Michael. I love that little kid during Emberon Players. Great Zuko costume, but your uh, scar's on the wrong side. <laughs> no, it's not on the wrong side. <laughs> I Such yeah, that's something great. I noticed. I thought that was hilarious. I'm like, they they definitely del- deliberately put a scar on the wrong side, maybe for yeah. that performance. So it's like, oh, this guy's Zuko. Why? Because he has a scar. And it's like every time. Yeah, I thought that was really funny though. I was like, <laughs> or it could have just I been mean, if you look closely. And um, the firebending masters, in one of the scenes, his scar is on the wrong side. So that oh, might have just really? been a joke at the animation era. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> now I have to go back and watch the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see if I can find a, uh, He's gonna a be like, <laughs> I'm going to be like Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like, oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Man, such a great movie. Such a great, great movie. Man. But um, let's get into our final thoughts here so we close on out. I don't want to take up too much of you guys Sunday. We got some football to watch. 
It's American football. Sorry. Um, cultural. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All our, all our football's finished for the weekend, so. Yeah, yeah. My that team is, won, yeah. so that's, I'm happy. That's fine. There you go. There you go. Congratulations. Oh, for the same for me today, man. <laughs> It's going to be a crazy day. <laughs> Seriously. So uh, for our final thoughts here, we'll start with Elliot. Then we'll go to Mike and Leo, and then I'll close out. So Elliot, what are your final thoughts on book three? Lovely. Yeah. Book three. Um, before I get into this, because I just, I had to ask a question. I wanted to do at the top of the show, but I, I kind of forgot. Um, I can't remember if you guys did this in book one, but I just want to, I want to quickly ask you, guys really quickly because i also want to say mine but if you're a bender what ben, what kind of bender would you be oh we did talk about this didn't we um i'll let um i'll let them, them go first <laughs> i'll do i'll give mine last <laughs> go ahead leo oh i would be a water bender really interesting mm-hmm. interesting yeah i'd be a mm-hmm. water bender i like the ability to use multiple different styles and use your enemy strength against them he also yes. wants to water bend. I mean, blood bend. I have not said in one explanation that mm, I would blood. I know. Bend. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, Mike, it, I forgot what you said. It's water tribe all day, every day. I mean, I grew up on the Great Lakes, man. I kind of have to choose water tribe anyway. <laughs> um, but it's just, yeah. I think again, growing up in the Midwest. It's always cold. It's always snowy. That's pretty much my lifestyle anyway. So, yeah, I relate a lot to the water tribe. Nice. Um, I have a terrible, terrible fear of heights. So I'm actually earthbender all day. Gotta love that metal bending. Maybe some maybe some lava bending uh, along the way, you know, once we get to uh, Legend of Korra, but I, I just, I've always loved the style. It's very precise, and it's just, I mean, with, even with metal bending, it's like so many things are possible with no matter what element you're with, because, of course, with fire, you know, you can redirect lightning. Um, air, air's just, I mean, you could be a super track star if you really wanted to. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, the things that we see in Legend of Korra that what uh, airbender are really capable of which is like very very scary and of course the waterbenders but yeah i've always just gravitated towards uh earth i mean um you guys know i'm a very stubborn person so it kind of just fits my taurus element <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i think that's the, it's the same for me yeah i'm so i i always thought earthbender but then i think once i saw lava bending i was like yeah i feel i'm a little bit of a cross between earth and fire um so yeah, I think I fell more into lava bending, but like Berlin, it would be from an earth bending background. So yeah. yeah, 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 and I think that plays into my stubborn side as well as a as a fellow Torian. Yeah, man. I mean, just even with the Earth Kingdom, it's like they they are the largest kingdom in the entire world, like within this universe. And it's like, I mean, you see Omashu, you're like, man, this city's huge. Then you see mm. Bossing Say, you're like, wow. Yeah. Like yeah. it is crazy, yeah. crazy big, but yeah. it does Somehow make sense. They still got invaded by the Fire Nation. Ooh. Wait, what? <laughs> I, <didn't hear. laughs> Ooh. Ooh. I said, yes. Yeah, somehow Ooh. they still got invaded by the Fire Nation. They did. Ooh. They did. Ooh. I mean, hey, Firebenders are very, very relentless. So it's <laughs> they were gonna find yeah. a way, one way or another, for sure. Yeah. I just want to talk about how great this season is right quick, though, because out of all of our favorite bending moments, nobody picked Boomy just destroying the Fire Nation alone yeah, yeah, and yeah. liberating Omashu. 
So he was in that cell the entire season <laughs> until Black Sun, and he's like, "Yep, here's the right time to finally." That's, think right. <laughs> That's a true <laughs> earthbender, though. Wait for the right time to strike, and he waited. I think that is that is when we we finally saw the firebender who can firebend. <laughs> <laughs> Remember they were like, hey, and he just sticks his fist out and a little bit of smoke comes out and boom, he's just like, bingo. <laughs> that was fantastic. Um, so yeah, let's get into our final thoughts. I can't remember, Ellie, did you go yet? No, 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 no. I distracted us with bending. Um <laughs> no, you're yeah. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, final thoughts. Um I mean it's just you know, every every kind of so often on Twitter we see the uh, name a show that had a perfect ending and people you know I think a lot of people always name Breaking Bad and some other things but um, there's also a lot of people that come forward and say Avatar Avatar closed it off with style and like what style as well as we said like the way that they suddenly just ramp up in those final four episodes like the fact that, you know, Netflix have grouped them all into one thing and the fact that we talk about Sozin's Comet is a film, it's not just, it's not four separate episodes. Like, there's a reason for it. They're, like, it is just the perfect four episodes. It's got perfect ramp up. It's got great urgency. It's got, but also at the same time, you know, it takes those character moments. It takes a whole episode for Aang to question what he's got to do and talk to past avatars and, and... I, and and then you know for the for the rest of the gang to to track down the old masters and and it just it, it it brings in so much emotion in that final episode we see ang standing proud he's done what we know that he's been building up to from from the very first episode in book 1 and now we see it you know and it's it's what's great about this show is that it keeps it succinct it keeps it down to three seasons we always know what the objectives are and 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 we get to see it play out, you know, near enough exactly how we imagined it, but with with a couple twists along the way, and you know that that biggest twist being the energy bending. So, yeah, it's it's it is it it cements its place for me as the perfect ending to a show ever. I agree. I definitely agree. Uh, Mike, what are your final thoughts? Final thoughts. Oh boy. Um. So yeah, this season is amazing. Um. Minor gripes aside. It like like Elliot just said, it sticks the landing perfectly, right? Like as as much as I can rag on the first part of this season for feeling like filler, uh, the the last like seven episodes are phenomenal. Like as soon as Zuko makes that decision, and he basically has to atone for everything he's done before. Mm. That's really what the last few episodes are. It's Zuko's redemption arc coming full circle, and again. My favorite character in the entire series. I love how we're able to pair him up with every single character. Um, and yeah, I just, I don't know, man. It's just really great how it all comes around. Like having June show up in the final episode to help them find the old masters. Having Zuko still have that slipper from episode seven when Iroh dropped it. Having that come back around. It's just a crazy callback, but it still helps build those relationships and build that world and tie it all together. That's one thing I love about this show, right? Is that Avatar is a franchise, much like Star Wars, that can just go on forever. But they were somehow able to tie the story up 
to where you never had to revisit this universe again until they tease you at the end with Zuko's mom. But you know, that's <laughs> that sequel bait right there. <laughs> um, but like, they didn't have to do legend of Korra. They didn't have to do Kiyoshi. Like avatar is its own story and they end it beautifully. But that said, they were able to plant seeds, have all these other spinoffs, which is great. But as far as book three, I love how we have that conclusion, right? Like Leo said it before, the ending being Avatar Aang, having that journey come full circle, having him win on his own terms is what makes this story special. It's what makes his journey special. I, I just love this season. I love this show. It's amazing. Shout out to Serena Williams, by the way, the GOAT. Helping Uncle Ira while he was in prison. The end. <laughs> uh, Leah, what about you? I mean, honestly, my favorite season. Love this season. Again, like Mike was saying about Zuko getting to connect with every character and also that we do get perspectives from the Fire Nation, even though uh, Ozai's is very maniacal and terrible. Uh, we still get so much perspective of Fire Nation characters, and I love that about this season. And I just love the the last four episodes. I mean, Sozin's Comet is probably one of my favorite animated four-parters or animated movies, whatever you want to call it. It's like one of my favorite finales to any anime or animated series of all time. Speaking of the Dosas Machina, though, that happens in almost every anime. And I think that's why I was like so desensitized to it. You got the Super Saiyan. You got Naruto with his nine-tailed fox form. Like, it, it just always happens. So I was like, okay, when the lion turtle just shows up, pinks him on the forehead and gives him that <laughs> ability. I'm like, okay, cool. We saw this in Bleach. We saw this in Naruto. We saw this in Dragon Ball Z. Why not do it in Avatar as well? And they went ahead and did it. But yeah, just a great overall last season. My brother. This isn't an anime, though. <laughs> I, I know. An anime. it, animated series, too. You could say any animated series is kind of <laughs> kind of similar to anime. Does, does the same thing. It does, if you watch Cole Yoko, about the same thing happens in that, too. Uh, but, yes, it, it really was a great finale to the series and just a, a great button, especially to, like, so many setups in the first book like what's crazy is like the second book really does establish a serious adventure but like the first book and the third book really go hand in hand with a lot of things that were set up in book one and book three really closes the book on a lot of those things so just a great conclusion and a nice little open-ended in there with Zuko's mom which if you haven't read that comic you got to read it because holy I'm sorry I haven't. And I was, it's, it's the perfect thing to end on. He's like, where is my mother? And I was like, oh, yes, we're finally going to get it. And then it never came. But, well, not in show form. <laughs> I was like, dang it. Yeah. When you read it, have us come back. We'll talk about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, ah, ah, this is crazy. Um, so uh, as far as my final thoughts, um, you know, mine pretty much, Echoes everyone else's. This this truly is just a a special show that I will watch for the rest of my life, you know? And it's something that you can definitely share with other friends who are looking to get into some type of animated show. And I feel like this um show or even Arcane 
would be two great examples of people saying, hey, you know, like I want to get into like Japanese anime. You know, there's a few shows I want to check out, but I'm not sure where to start. It's like, you know what? You can start here or home base, Americanized anime-esque Avatar The Last Airbender or Arcane or even honestly, I would go as far as to say Attack on Titan because that is a great starter anime for people who are looking to, you know, get into uh, that community. But I don't know about Attack on Titan. It's uh, <laughs> uh, it's beautiful. And it's not suitable for children. Just so y'all it know. is not, yeah, I'm not, sure that's not at all. Starter. Not, not at all. Well, I'll, this and yeah, for children, obviously, I would start with Avatar Last Airbender, but. Um, or Digimon yeah, for, or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Digimon. <laughs> I still remember the day where um, Gatomon like, evolved into Anjuwama, and I was like, what? <laughs> like, this is happening. Sense, <laughs> this is happening. Um, but I digress. So for like, like I said, for my final thoughts, it's just a it's a perfect journey. Like it, it probably between this and Harry Potter really just like sparks my my love for all things fantasy, because at times I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a fantasy show. But like, I'm just so used to watching so many fantasy things like this is just normal for me. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, like this dude, you know, he can shoot fireballs out of his out of his hands and his fists. And, you know, this other person can move rocks and boulders and stuff. But it, it really is like anytime someone asks me, like, what what is like my favorite show of all time? It will always be Avatar: The Last Airbender, um, just because it it is you know it's not too long, not too short. It shows this, you know, this this journey of Avatar Aang and his friends and how he was able to, ascend, you know, he was able to, you know, set out his goals on, you know, his way um, on his own turf and just everything with between the characters, the humor, it, it never gets old. And it's 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 one of those timeless shows that I hopeful, you know, we're getting Avatar Studio, so hopefully it will be around for, you know, a very long time because it's such a great series that I think everyone should watch if you are um, looking to get into, like, some kind of fantasy or just looking to watch a good TV show. Because I remember when Avatar came onto Netflix, there was a lot of people who I thought had actually watched it, but apparently they didn't, and people were just going bonkers for it all over again. And I miss it's great to see that people are still in love with this world. And of course, we're getting a new Avatar movie or, yeah, uh, animated movie through Avatar Studios with Avatar, you know, Team Avatar, um, probably in their young adult lives after the war. So I'm very excited for that and whatever else follows for sure. Netflix, get on it. You know, you got to show something. So those is pretty much my final thoughts there. But that pretty much concludes our uh, series of visited of Avatar The Last Airbender Book 3. I wanted to thank our amazing guests for coming on. Uh, Could not have done this without you guys. It has been a blast talking about everything Avatar The Last Airbender. And, I mean, if anyone's up for it, we can do some Korra. That's all I got to say. I'm down for some Korra. So... Oh yeah, I'm I'm back for Cora, one hundred percent. Yeah, I'll come back during Cora season three and four. One oh, through four. Nah. <laughs> I'm gonna skip one or two, fellas. But no. three and four, I'm in, man. Zahir, Kabira, man, oh, those are some wow. great seasons right there. 
For sure. Um, so I'm going to turn it over to our guests so they can let you know um, what's coming up on their channels and where they can, um, where you can find them on the internet. So we'll start with Leo, then we'll go to Mike, and then Elliot, and then I will close out. Guys, you can find me across the internet at Geekly Goods on Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. Instagram's at LeoYDLGG. Come on over. Search up Geekly Goods on YouTube. You'll see two G's in the logo. Come on over, y'all. Let's talk some geek because we got a lot coming up this week. Let's see. We got Andor, y'all. Definitely gonna attack that blonde movie because it was terrible, y'all. If you love Marilyn Monroe, like I do, you're not gonna like this. So, terrible. Uh, but also, we got some other reviews and other things coming up this week as well. So, come on, tune into the channel. We're going to be talking and following that new Karate Kid movie as many details start coming out as possible. So, definitely be sure to follow along with that. So, if you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. If you're on TikTok or Twitter, hit follow and we'll see you there. Thanks, Christian. No problem. Mike, where can everyone find you on the internet? Yeah, thanks for having me, man. This has been a blast going through my favorite show of all time. So, again, Thanks for having me. It's been an honor. Um, you can find me at Novice Cinephile on Twitter and on YouTube, youtube.com slash Novice Cinephile, where you can find the chatter after, which is our bi-weekly movie podcast. Uh, it's usually me, Brandon, Isaac, and a guest or two. We are doing RRR, Rise, Roar, Revolt, which is a banger of a movie. If you guys haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. Go watch it when you can. Um, we also are doing The Sandman on Netflix. I haven't seen it yet, surprisingly. So can't wait to see what Brandon and Isaac think of that show. I have read the book, though. It's pretty good. Um, but yeah, on the channel, we're also covering Avatar The Last Airbender all the time, whenever I can actually make videos. But you can also find my writing at Collider.com. Um, and I'm doing freelance stuff pretty much everywhere. So just stay tuned to the social media channels for that. But again, thanks for having me. Stay flaming. Stay flaming. Stay flaming. <laughs> he did it. He said it. Flamey O, Hotman. Flamey O. Elliot with two Ts. Where can everyone yes. find you on the internet? <laughs> so you can find me uh, at Hakuna Machata, wherever you do social media. Well, I say wherever. Uh, YouTube, come and check out the videos I've got uploaded. We have started slowly uploading again recently. Uh, you'll see, I think by the time this podcast is out, you'll see two brand spanking new videos up on the channel. Me just having a little bit of a rant about the Little Mermaids and uh, everyone's backlash and reaction to that nonsense. And uh, you'll also see me rant about everyone's stupid backlash and reactions to diversity in the rings of power because people need to get over themselves and just realize that we're living in 2022 now. So, yo, uh, yeah. And then there'll be lots of the, the channel is built around, um, a positive space for diversity and representation in film and TV. So if diversity and representation in film and TV is something you love, something you like to positively talk about, come find me over at Akuna Machata, most active on Twitter and uh, on YouTube. So find me there. Um, and for ourselves, uh, ladies and gentlemen out there, I just want to thank our guests again. Seriously, go check out their YouTube channels. They, they put in a lot of 
hard work um, into their channels. And YouTube is a, it can be a very fickle thing um, from time to time, but they, they're, they're still here. You know, they, they are some of the best content creators that I know. And it has been a honor talking everything Avatar for you guys. Like I said, we're doing some Legend of Korra. Definitely going to start that up at some point. Maybe after the um, <laughs> the whole Oscar season thing is over. Because there's so... Like, we're hitting that point of the year where it's like... There's all these crazy movies coming out. TV has been booming this year. So, it's like, definitely Boom. we... Seriously. Um, but, yeah, we'll definitely be uh, doing Legend of Korra series revisited. Hopefully sometime early next year where things start to kind of die down just a little bit i don't know <laughs> we'll have to wait and see again you, you know nothing's going to be happening in january <laughs> that is true <laughs> january february you can always count those two months nothing comes out nothing like even like spy family my hero bleach all that's going to be <laughs> over by then anyway yeah that's true it really is a cool down phase for sure um, but as far as for us really quick, a few calls to action. If you liked what you heard on today's episode, you can subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform of choice and make sure to share an episode of our podcast with a friend, whether it be your mother, your brother, your lover, whoever it may be, make sure to share an episode of the film optics podcast with a movie lover in need. Um, by the time this is out, uh, we just, been covering house of the dragon and she hulk weekly uh definitely check out definitely check out our episodes on our podcast there as well as our barbarian review that is out by the time this podcast is already out we should have a few more things coming out we're recording this a little bit early so i don't exactly know my brain's like split like five different ways right now which is totally fine but with all that said thank you thank you again to our wonderful guests and uh, we hope everyone who is listening has a great day and we'll see you guys next time. And that's a wrap for today. Thank you all for listening. If you enjoy the show, leave us a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow us on Twitter and Instagram to stay in the know. That was Leo, Mike, Elliot, and my name is Christian. And we'll see you guys in the Four Nations. <laughs>